The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. I am Professor Snipe, and this is the Potterhood Podcast with Nico Wright and Will Poznan. You're here to enjoy the subtle science and exact art of podcasting. As there's a little foolish wand waving here, many of you will hardly believe this is magic. However, for those select few who possess the predisposition, enjoy the show. <laughs> Check, 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 check. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 44 of the Potterhood Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Nico White. I'm Will Posner. And we're back with episode 44. I hope wherever you are within the sound of our voices that you're safe. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest on the podcast with us. This man is the host of the Oops Podcast alongside Francis Ellis. He's a good friend of mine. He's a hilarious comedian. His name is Julio Gallerati. Julio, what's going on with you? What's up, guys? Good, uh, good to be here. Good to be here, as they say. Good <laughs> to have you on here, buddy. Now, as far as you and Harry Potter, because when I reached, I ain't going to lie to you, I was like, I wonder if G would even want to do this because I didn't take G to be a Harry Potter fan at all. G's one of my comedy friends that's always like, or at least for me anyway, I've always put in that category of like the cool kids, right? So <laughs> when I asked you and you were so you were so like open to be on, I'm so happy to have you here, man. Welcome to the Potterhood. Thanks, bro. Yeah, it's good to be here. I mean, yeah, I'm like, you know, it's one of those things where like you can be a big fan of Harry Potter without being a really big fan of Harry Potter. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've seen 100%. all the movies. I didn't like I would be lying if I said I read the books. I know I should do that, but I haven't. Trust me, Julio. I would be lying if I said I read all of the books. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> you know what I mean? We just have podcasts. We don't claim to be experts. We just talk about Harry Potter. So welcome aboard. Max, brother, man, it's been a minute since we had you on the podcast, <laughs> I know. man. I know. What's going on, man? You're in school and an internship and Chris Hansen. It's all, it's all, it's all. Got you. Got what you with Chris Hansen? I'm doing the podcast. For good oh, reasons. Oh, he's doing his podcast. Oh, okay, I'm spending good. time with Chris Hansen for good reasons, not uh, not I'm going to jail reasons. Is his Fair podcast enough. about the same stuff? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. invites guests on, and then the guests turn out to be pedophiles, and the yeah. cops show up in the middle yeah, of the exactly. podcast. Yo, you know what's funny is that I, I 100% think that would actually work. I it think would. the motherfuckers would show up for the podcast. Did you make the Woo! <laughs> I thought I was doing a podcast with a hot young girl. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna be hot, all right. Hot for ten years in the fit. <laughs> now we're gonna start with our sorting, ladies and gentlemen. Will who we sorting? So today is the birthday of Enzo Ferrari. So we are sorting Ferraris. Uh, none of us like. Oh. I don't know anything about Ferraris. It's all you don't have to know about it. It's just gut reaction. What Hogwarts house would you put Ferraris in? All right, I'm I'm gonna start us on this one. For me, I don't um I never much cared too much about Ferraris. Whenever I saw nice nice cars, I always like a Benz or you know Jags, whatever. Like my pops would show me in like the books or whatever we would see with the um car show. So Ferraris, I ain't gonna hold you. They always look kind of silly to me. Some of them. But I would sort them in Slytherin, man, because every time I've ever seen one, a Ferrari's always been like Ferrari, doodle money, bad chick. It always came as that combination. <laughs> like if you didn't have one, you wouldn't have the other. So because of that, it seemed very networky. And for that reason, I'm going to put in Slytherin. I don't know Enzo Ferrari. Enzo Ferrari don't know me. Enzo Ferrari don't even know I'm saying no shit like this. But I, I would put in Slytherin, no contest though. I didn't even think of the other houses. Okay. I mean, hey, Enzo, Enzo's... Go for it. Sorry. No, no, my bad. I was just going to say that's an interesting POV because 
to me, I was thinking, you know, red and gold, you it's got to be Gryffindor. But that's just from an aesthetic perspective. As far as like yeah. the person driving a Ferrari is typical, typically a dubious individual. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, whenever you get described as dubious and you got to go on with the rest of your day knowing somebody titled you that, that's a hard realization to come to, dog. So you wonder, what does what so-and-so think of you? They think you're dubious, nigga. That's what they think of. Yeah, you can't really bounce back from dubious. Have you ever been in a Ferrari? And I'm putting that's out to the um, cast. Have any of you ever been in one? No, I've I've gone. I've been in a Porsche. I've been in a Jaguar. Mm -hmm. Nothing nicer than that. Not nice than that. Gotcha, G. I think I have. I don't think I've ever been in one. Nah, Max. Come on, Max. I don't think so. Unless like just. at like a dealership, just seeing like sitting in one, but not like anyone who actually had one. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know anybody that actually had one. I've been in one before, but it was only it was only at the car show. Me and my pops used to go every year. So shout out to New York City Car Show. If you um, they don't sponsor us, but you know, if you ever in New York City, <laughs> whenever that's a thing again, go to New York City Car Show. It's actually it a They used to do it at the um, if I'm not mistaken, by the Javits Center in the Javits Center. Okay. Yeah. Has that been there a long time? The Javits Center, I I was like, I've been trying to figure out how long it's been there. That's our Whomping Willow, bro. I don't know how long <laughs> it's been there, but it's been there for my whole life. And people have always talked about it like it's always been there. Yeah. So I assume that it's been here for at least 20 years, but there's no way for me to confirm that for you, if I'm being honest. Okay. So we got one for Ram Slither and Julio, you said Gryffindor? And the people that ride the Ferraris are dubious. Do you know where you would sort them if that's the case? Wait, the the people driving the Ferraris, you mean? Yeah. Like if you had if you had to put it like most common, most common, the ones, you know, because I can only think of two people I know even with them. Um, I'm trying like I feel like that's some that's like some Harry Potter himself shit where like. He's in Gryffindor, but he's like a Slytherin, really type of shit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I see, get it. See, I, I like that you said that because that's one of those things that actually comes up on the podcast a lot is resorting. Like, should the school sort people again as the years go on? Because Harry, for all the for all his, for all of his bravery, is very very much a Slytherin dog. And I'm not even talking about the parts of him that are influenced by Voldemort. I'm talking about in general. Harry loves his position. I think Harry likes his popularity. And I wonder what Harry would have been like if he lost those things. Like if he didn't have that boy who lived, I wonder what kind of guy we get in Hogwarts. You know what I mean? Right. If Harry didn't have the juice, what would he be like, dude? Yeah, because a character, a character like that, if you put him in, in Ron's position, because Ron always played that, you know, he was he was the poor friend of the three. Even in the Wizarding World, Ron didn't have a lot of money. So you take that kid and you see them go through so much from the time they start at Hogwarts to the time they leave. Now you take Harry, who's, as far as we know, at least outside of Dursley's household, used to being treated with, like, reverence. Right. You pull all that reverence away after having it. I wonder what that does to that personality, if that does anything to it. And and Harry's also one of the only characters who his friend group, he has to be at the core of it. Like everybody kind of, it's like layered out from Harry. It's like Harry, then you have Ron and Hermione, then you have Fred, George, Luna, Ginny, those people. The only other two characters in the whole series, well, three who operate that way are Voldemort, Dudley and Draco have, are the characters who insist on being at the core of their friend groups. There you go. hundred percent. So, you so say, I say that, you all say... that to say that I would still put Ferrari and Gryffindor because, well, so uh, my dad's British. So like our cars that were opulent in, in the family eyes, it's like Jaguar and Bentley. So Ferrari, it was like other. So for that reason, I kind of go Bobaton, but then I also think like, Ferrari to me is the iconic Italian car. And like, to me, Lamborghini is the runner up, like Coke and Pepsi, like Lamborghini's Pepsi. And I also think like the way Ferrari owned the color red, Lamborghini tried to do that with yellow and that was corny to me. And so I'm putting Ferrari in Gryffindor as the icon 
And then Lamborghini's the Slytherin for me. Okay, fair enough. I accept that. Max, what you got, man? Yeah, my first instinct is also uh, Slytherin, but my argument for Gryffindor would be that I think it's like, it's just such an unpractical car. Like, it's expensive, <laughs> but it's not like a classy expensive where you wouldn't say no to one though no you wouldn't say no to one but it's not like a bentley which i think has more like you know class to it it just seems like something someone who ends up with a lot of money is just like well i'm gonna get a fucking ferrari so it feels very gryffindor like you don't think it out you just go for it because it feels good right 100 percent I, I want to piggyback off what Will said, though, about, I mean, I would take one. Nigga, of course you would take one. It's a, it's a difference between getting something and buying something. You know what I'm saying? Somebody give me a Ferrari. I don't even drive. Nigga, guess what? I'll take it, too. Yeah. I'll take it, too. And find somebody to take me around the city and that shit. Real quick um, story. Um, and I, I hope I can get this in quick, but. I went on I went on like a trip not too long ago, right? And one of my friends was driving. And you know how you can tell your homies are going to be exactly who they are at all times? Well, my boy is kind of entitled. So he's driving. We coming back from Massachusetts. And you ever have a premonition that you're going to get pulled over? I had one of those. And as the cop pulls over the car, this motherfucker, I don't even drive and know you're supposed to do this, pulls over to the left side of the road. And you can hear the cop screaming at this nigga. I don't know what he's saying, but all I can hear is that. And homie pulls over to the right, and I could tell the cop thought, because it was three comics. It was um, mean, white comic, black comic. The black comic is, like, huge. The cop walked up to my side of the car, I'm on the passenger side, walks up to my side of the car with the intensity that he was expecting the big guy to be in the driver's seat. When he showed up and he saw Nick was in the driver's seat, he told he told this nigga like, "Yo," he gave him the rundown of ticket of the ticket price. Like, "Yo, it's like two hundred dollars for pulling off to this side. It's another three hundred dollars for the charge the ticket itself." But he goes, "Look, I'm gonna bump all that down to about one hundred and fifty dollars." And my boy said to the cop, "Yo." We came up here to do the show, man. This $150 ticket would literally kill me. It took everything in me not to laugh just because of the irony of it all. That he told the cop that, yo, this $150 ticket would kill me. Meanwhile, me and the other guy are both in the car, scared, silent. <laughs> like, yo, if you don't cut this whole thing short so we can get away from this motherfucker, he might kill us, bro. So got the ticket. Go ahead, G. What ended up happening? Did he get the ticket? Yeah, he got the ticket. Yeah, he got <laughs> the ticket. Look, then he got the ticket, and then we all had to be in the car and act like we felt sorry for him at all, right? <laughs> because nigga got quiet, like he wasn't doing 90. But it just tickled me that when the cop walked over and was like, yo, this ticket should be $700, but I'm going to cut you a deal. It's only going to be like $150, and you can fight it, blah, blah, blah. Officer, this ticket would literally kill me. <laughs> Dog, I'm looking over, I'm looking at this thing like, bro, bro, you see the news, man. They kill me. Drive the fuck off. Yeah, because the cop walked back to his car, and this thing is, he's still sitting here like, Kid, kid. He told the other cop, he's like, yo, you, you want to come up and drive? Man, drive. <laughs> fucking cop is sitting there looking at us for three minutes and you still ain't moved. Anyway, I don't know why. It just reminded me of that story. Let's continue, y'all. Nico, wait, when are you going to get a license, dude? Is that is that on the horizon for you? Well, yes, it's something that I would like to do soon. I would have done it last year if we were able to do like the driving and road tests and all that shit. But, you know, I'm positive, though, that would be something I can do by the time the summer's out. Is this something that you want to do or is it just like it's something that I want to do, but I ain't going to hold you, G. I'm I'm definitely afraid of heights. So like bridges my whole life have always scared me and I haven't had to have a car yet. You know what I mean? But everybody, everybody in my family drive, bro. Everybody in my family drive. And it's one of my pops things like, well, you a white. Come on. We you going to get behind the wheel, man. You white. We all drive all that shit. So between that and having a kid, there's a lot of pressure right now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to take the one, the path of least resistance is going to get this license, though. 
Yeah. What do you use as your ID? Oh, I got a regular state ID, dog. Not to alert the feds, but yeah. It's like a driver's license, but you just can't drive with it type of thing? Yeah, non-driver's license ID. That joint. Yeah. 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 You're you're respected as an adult for age, not for responsibility with that joint. (laughs) Yeah. That's great. Well, what we got next, Barbara? So uh, I saw a meme that was like, what each of the different characters call Voldemort. You know, it's mm-hmm. like he who must, must must not be named, the Dark Lord. Harry calls him Voldemort, and then Dumbledore calls him Tom. So my mm-hmm. question is, if you were in Harry Potter, what would you call Voldemort? Probably um, my guy, because I don't think Voldemort would fuck with me too much. I would make it very understood that, yo, I don't want no problems with this war, your death fetus, or the, you know, or the right side. I want no parts. If you fuck, if you fuck with mine, look, man, you're going to have to kill me or I'm going to kill all your death fetus. I'm not playing with you. So I would call Voldemort my guy in a very, you know, polite, threatening way. My guy, go ahead on about your business. You take all that shit over that, over that way. Stay in that part of Britain. Go fuck with Harry family. Leave mine alone. <laughs> so my guy would be the nickname I give I dig it, dude. Um, first of all, I'd like to say that I like the structure that you guys have here. This makes it. Like, <laughs> Thank you. This makes it for like you know, <laughs> it's good for the longevity of the podcast because you know there's only so Appreciate many you. Harry Potter fans and so many Harry Potter topics and all that. So, um, my guy, my guy, um, <laughs> my guy. You just call him the same thing you said you would call Voldemort. Hey, but see, at least with G, I mean it in a positive way. I'm trying to kill Voldemort. <laughs> Um, I think I would call him he who would not be named because I'd be scared as fuck and hopefully yeah. like wouldn't I hopefully wouldn't have to encounter him ever. Like it's just crazy how like all this insane like universe changing shit happens at the school. Like I always I'm always like, why is Neville Longbottom involved in this? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's the right. shit that I always think. I'm just kinda like, what the fuck? Like how did this <laughs> That's the long answer, but See, I look at it like this, right? I always looked at it like, why didn't they just close Hogwarts? If Look, man, if at my school, the same shit that happened at Hogwarts went down, if a kid got killed, then the next year a teacher died, then the year after that a kid got kidnapped, then a prisoner broke out and was free, we would have had the, the board down there a long time ago. We got to close this place because it's the one constant throughout the whole story, even before Harry Potter himself was born. Yo, Dumbledore let the kid die in there in the Chamber of Secrets and Moaning Myrtle's ghost is just in the bathroom harassing young boys, bro. <laughs> they have a whole ghost in there that's not a pedophile. Like, classically, she's, she's a not Jason. classically a pedophile, but she's <laughs> close, bro. Dumb, yo, Dumbledore she, should... She, no, she, she actually... It's kind of messed up. I mean, she died at 16, so she's 16 forever. But you also feel like R. Kelly on Truth Serum uses that excuse like, no, I've just been 16 for a long time. <laughs> it's like, yeah, nah, nah, dog. You you might be 16, but you've been here way longer than 16 years. Every time I think about that scene in The Goblet of Fire, when Harry has that um egg, it's like, sure, this is fun. And because I was a kid back then, it was appropriate. But now as an adult, yo, that's an <laughs> a thousand. That's like a 70 year old woman, bro. I mean, this is just, on the list of Dumbledore's fireable offenses for sure. Just letting this yeah. creep ghost hang out in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> this bitch going around moaning all the time. <laughs> yo, get out of the bathroom, yo. Yeah, what if the ghost, my nigga. dude? You ever think about that? What if moaning Myrtle? What if the moaning has nothing to do with crying? <laughs> <laughs> just adolescent boys walking around all horny, yo, moaning. Yeah, and it's like other people are like, "Oh, she's she's probably crying." Let's like they think she's crying, mm-hmm. but she might not be crying. You know, maybe she might not be crying, bro. You never know. She in the bathroom. She in the bathroom stall anyway. You never know what she's doing in there. But yeah, if I wanted to cry, I'd go to the Forbidden Forest. Like, well, when the last know, time man. you when the last time you died in the bathroom? If I died in the bathroom, I might want to haunt that bathroom and never leave. It might be on. It might be on some like you know what? Don't nobody get the shit in here peacefully. I died in here. I wasn't ready to go. 
So now you don't get to go. You know what? I take it all back. Mona Myrtle isn't as weird as I thought she was. Now that bitch weird, dog. <laughs> she weird as hell. You can't do that to a 16-year-old kid. At least not mine. Feel free to do the Harry Potter what you want. But I I would I would have called Lucius was right. That's all I'm saying. Dumbledore should have been fired a long time ago. And that would be the only time I ever agree with Lucius Malfoy on this podcast. <laughs> I think I call Voldemort you-know-who, but I could totally see myself slipping up and saying Voldemort, especially in book seven when it's triggered. Like, just yeah. Death Eater goons at your door. You're like, ah, oh, fuck. Because I used to get in trouble at school for, you know, swearing or whatever. And it's, it's kind of yeah. the same principle where it's like the F word, but you say it and then you get sent the principle. Yeah, see, I get I get mad if you tell me that, like, I can't say something. I don't do fear right. I don't do fear right. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I'll be just as scared of something. But if I'm in my home, I'm in my house. You know what I'm saying? That part of the millennial side of me would definitely come out like this motherfucker ain't here. Say what I want. Fuck Voldemort. And then you hear a knock at your door because I think calling his name, doesn't it summon him? Isn't it like a taboo? Like you yeah, say yeah. his name too many times like Candyman, he'll pop up. One time it, he put a like a hex on his name in book seven, where if you say it, they can pinpoint your location. I ain't going to hold you. That's um very um <laughs> you were very forward thinking in that regard, weren't yeah. it? <laughs> it's like you know? Yeah, it's kind of like contact tracing of today. Yeah, dude. If only Voldemort knew he was so ahead of his time. <laughs> I don't I don't know though. Like G, you said you you'd be so afraid of him and that that makes perfect sense and I'm right oh, there God. with you cuz I wouldn't want to get murdered. But then it's also like if you got to send like top rank to my house to scare me, because if you send some bullshit over to my house to scare me, it's going to mean war, man. It's going to mean war. Can you imagine one of the low rank Death Eaters showing up? Because the Death Eaters go from like Bellatrix Lestrange, some actual people, mm-hmm. and then just complete cannon trash. <laughs> and you can't send that to my house threatening me. They had Slughorn for the, on the run for how long? Like a year and a half, two years? That's a question to you, Will. I'm asking. Yeah. So he they had Slughorn. Couch. On. Yeah, had no, he, Slughorn. Was, he was on the run like two years. Two years. Slughorn's on the run. And it's like, yo, bro, you're not being chased by Bellatrix. You're not being chased by Greyback. I think you could have relaxed, found the place to hunker down and just like maybe fight back a little bit. But to do that is also but, the. But I think with Slughorn. I think with Slughorn, the subtext was like he didn't want Dumbledore catching him because he knew that Dumbledore was going to force him to join the good side or whatever, you know? So that's yeah. like he's he's acting like he's on the run from the Death Eaters, but he's more on the run from Dumbledore. That's interesting. That's interesting. Do you think anybody else felt that way? Like, all right, let's um, let me pose this question like this. Let's say you were in that world. Everything, everything is going on. War has restarted. Voldemort is back. You have a family, right? Like we all do. You want to protect yours. Let's say you're not, you're not like, um, you're magical, right? You're the type that Voldemort will want to recruit more than kill. Now Dumbledore is looking for you. They ask you to come be a part of his side to directly go against Voldemort. Are you doing it? If I got kids, this nigga will. Yo, yo, yo! I wish y'all could have seen what I saw when Will considered that question, because it's like your eyes said yes, but your heart said no. I think I don't do. I'm not like gung ho. Like I think if Hagrid had kids, he's not going on missions to see the giants. He's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might not even be at the Battle of Hogwarts. But at the same time. I think that you get something kind of like, um, you know, like the on the run people where you're not staying at your house either. You're you're doing a third thing like you're you know, you're working on your own to kind of subvert Voldemort where you can. But you're not joining the Order of the Phoenix. Fair. Right. That's fair. G? That's a fair point. Um, so wait, you're saying if I could be like a part of the actual like. Like the opposition of Voldemort. Like yes, how- sir. So you you're you're in you're in the wizarding world now, right? And you're not particularly you ain't getting involved. You you out of it. 
But, you know, your family's magical. If anything, the Death Eaters would want to recruit you. But Dumbledore gets to you first. He's like, hey, I need some help. You jumping in and you you staying out. I mean, dude, in this fucking magical world where this where Harry Potter wins every semester, I just gotta I just gotta think that that fucking the good is gonna prevail, you know? I guess I'd yeah. hop on Team Dumbledore and just be like, I'll like sharpen the pencils, dude. Like you guys do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> You're going with what you're going with Dumbledore, but like the way people would bet on Tom Brady, where it's like, well, he's got five in a row. I'm just going to bet on Tom Brady every week, basically. Exactly. Fair. I'm going to hop on the bandwagon. It gives me the highest likelihood of survival. Fair enough. That's that's some real shit. I want I want to like stick to script and be like, yeah, I would join Dumbledore. I would tell Dumbledore to get the fuck away from my door. <laughs> I would probably tell Dumbledore to get as far away from me as possible, just because. And I'm like this, too. I've always thought that when people who should like Dumbledore should be in more line, he should be in the line of fire a little more often. And nothing bad ever seems to happen to him. Nothing bad ever seems to happen to Harry for the most part, as far as like when battle is concerned. Harry hasn't lost any of his closest friends. I would feel like it would be just my luck that as soon as I jump in now, I'm somewhere locked up in the Malfoy manner, like the teacher was that they killed during dinner. And I don't want that. I, I didn't see Voldemort do enough crazy shit to enough powerful people that I would probably be like, look, if y'all need somebody to show up at the Battle of Hogwarts, like late in the game, maybe throw a few curses around, I'm down to do that. But I don't know <laughs> if I'm down to take a picture with you motherfuckers. <laughs> you just show up three quarters through the Battle of Hogwarts and just sucker punch Voldemort? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, you think I wouldn't? And I would talk all the shit. I would apparate like to right outside, yeah. the ho- right outside of Hogwarts, right when they just finished the battle. I put all so much dust on my clothes and snap <laughs> my wand a little bit. But that was a great battle, y'all. You would you do a reverse Malfoy. Straight up. <laughs> I, I didn't think the Malfoys did anything wrong once the Battle of Hogwarts um, started. Yeah. Truthfully. But, by the way, I'm changing my answer because now that I've thought about it, if I had kids and stuff during that time, I'm doing whatever the mom wants me to do, whatever the kid's mom, because on the one hand, if you have like a, if you're married to somebody like Cho and she's like, let's just stay out of it. It's too dangerous. You're not going to go risk your life and then have your, you know, your wife's there to tell your kids, oh, yeah, he was irresponsible and your dad got himself killed or whatever. <laughs> right. And on the flip side of that, if you're married to somebody like Ginny or Tonks, you're not going to stay home and just every day your wife is like, you know, you're really not doing your part in this. Like, I'd rather be dead than every single day. Yeah. You, well, you're not doing your part with this whole Battle of Hogwarts thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Who you, who you're with definitely would impact how you feel about that. Especially if your wife's one of those. It's like, so you scared? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yo, I've been with that girl. Uh, and yeah. that should that should have. Oh, she's in my other room. <laughs> <laughs> that joint had you in fights that you ain't ready for. You at the supermarket ready to box. You're like, yo, I'm not even like this, dog. My jaw is made of glass. If I get hit the wrong way, it's over. Just av- Avada Kedarving people for wearing snakeskin. <laughs> yeah, we, we talked about that. Remember when we first started the podcast and we were talking about like the curse we would probably use the most. And as I thought about it more, I'd probably use like Avada Kedavra a lot more often than I like to think. And I wouldn't even try to hit somebody with it because I ain't trying to split my soul up. You know what I mean? Then I feel like I wouldn't be able to enjoy jazz, but I would definitely try to get you up out of here. Just the one time, just the one time against like a big opponent where it's like, dog, I'm not, I ain't playing these games with you. You If you Avada Kedarva Fenrir Greyback, I think that enhances your soul. I think your soul goes like, (laughs) good choice. (laughs) If you, and to people who don't know, Fenrir Greyback was one of those like side characters on Death Eaters that was going around biting kids, giving them the um, werewolves. werewolves. He got he got Lupin, right? Yeah. And he's the one who killed Lavender Brown, too, by like ripping her in half and throwing her off a balcony. Yeah. Lavender Brown, was that Ron's girlfriend? Yeah. 
Dude, imagine yeah, your girlfriend bro. just ripped in half. That's insane. Yeah, shit. Hermi- Hermione was the one that. <laughs> but Greyback did that under the Imperious curse. That's the part that we don't know. <laughs> you thought Greyback was just evil, just ripping kids, disemboweling them? Nah. That was Miss Granger right there, dog. Great. I might have to watch. I, I might have to do like when I'm done with this, like mm-hmm. when I'm done doing all my shit, I might have to do a Harry Potter marathon. This do it, making, bro. This is making me want to watch them again. You want to know? Here's something that would help. It would. It would like probably blow up. Blow up on your side, man. If you could find a way to like Twitch, and actually we should do that soon. Maybe for the next um high cast whenever we can all get together. But Twitch reaction or just like go live somewhere where you can stream you going through that where people could watch it with you if you have if you have the fan base that would take the time nigga they they love that type of shit it's different how that stuff is blowing up man yeah on twitch and all that if we have any gamers that listen to us like twitch twitch is the way get on that shit if you ain't already to our listeners and to our comics that are on this um joint with us Definitely look into Twitch if you haven't already. Do you guys do that? Like, Nico, you play, you like video games, right? Big time. Yeah. So do you Twitch that? Like, is that is it predominantly a video game thing? I haven't, like, dove much into it. You know, it's funny, bro. I'm just about to get started. A friend of mine reached out to me about a week ago. It's like, yo, we're about to start up, like, our own Twitch thing. Do you want to get involved and test our beta? And I'm like, fuck yeah. Because I, I don't know how everybody else is, but for me... Whenever it came to like the newest technology and for the most part, it was all apps and I found that to be boring, right? And when Twitch came out, Twitch, Discord and all that stuff, I still don't get it. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm in the like tutorial for dummies kind of stage. But the people that I've seen it work for and it's like, oh, so all you have to do is play some video games and hang out. Well, how to do that for free? Dude, literally. Like I remember as a you kid, know? I was trying to like, think of a way I'd play fucking Sonic adventure for Dreamcast for like 10 hours. And I'd be like, mm-hmm. I could like get paid to do this. You know, that like yeah. exist mm-hmm. at the time. Bro. We, we live in a world. Look, just look, look, look at this. This podcast lives in what we live in the mud of Harry Potter's genre. And we, then we just use it as a way to talk about all this, all this nonsense. Right. right. Sure. You know what I mean? Crazy. Here we are two years, two years later and done exhausted nothing and everything about the Harry Potter universe. So I said, give it a shot. But yeah, it's something that I'm definitely going to get into. Well, what's the next thing, bro, bro? Well, you gave me the uh, idea just now. Uh, what good characters do you think have done Avada Kedavra? Do you think like Mad-Eye has ever done it? You think McGonagall's ever done it? Kingsley? Okay. So um, I'll, I'll lead on this. I think I think a lot of them that we wouldn't expect have done it. Like I can see somebody like Dumbledore. No. Cause I feel like Dumbledore's too powerful for that shit. Like he going to try to embarrass you or something. Look, man, you feel that gravity you feel how, how you can't move yet. I'm that strong. You can't even move under the weight of my presence. He seems like one of those people, but mad. eye moody. Definitely mad. I don't, he doesn't look like he wasn't, he doesn't look like he was the type that played around a lot. Yeah, you know I'm saying like he understood the job, and if you had to go, you had to go. But you know what? Even as I say that, I take it back. I gave it some actual thought. I don't think too many of them used it at all because if it actually splits your soul, it does too much to use that to use that curse. There's probably better ways of killing somebody than that. Than well, that that's curse. that's the other that's the counter argument is you can easily kill somebody with fiend fire or sectum sempra or some of these other things. But the other question is. Does Avada Kedavra split your soul, or is that some is that from some other ritual that happens afterwards? Because there's a lot of people that think when Voldemort makes the Horcruxes, he has mm-hmm. to eat a part of their a part of his victim in order to like make the his soul split. Like people think the soul splitting actually comes from like a cannibalism thing that happens after he kills the person. That's like an online theory. Got you. See, that's the part of Harry Potter that's like. It's so, the show is so, what the show? <laughs> the show and the <laughs> books are so like what they are or what we think they are. And then when you get down to it, it's like, oh, I forgot there was ever anything that dark in that story. <laughs> yeah. So they, go ahead, y'all take it away. It's, it's like crazy how it progressed from like a children's thing to like this dark ass fucking 
almost like a horror movie, bro. It was shit was crazy. Yeah. You yeah. Know? You know? It it was this and it was like that from like the first movie on, if y'all remember. Because even in the first movie when it started, it started out very light until you see the kid jumping on the stairs knocking sawdust in the Harry's face. Right, right. Like that whole scene at the house is a lot darker than we give it credit for. Oh, definitely, dude. Definitely. Yeah. Harry, what did y'all think of that? Like the Harry's home situation. Julie, I'll start with you. Yeah, it was fucked. I mean, it was fucked up, dude. You know, it's like the classic, like, you know, it's like orphan, no, has yeah. like a shitty identity, like not really sure what's going on. So, you know, part of that whole thing is like Harry finding his stride. In a way, it's like, I don't know if this is a thing that resonates with people, but it's the kind of thing where like finding your way is such a valuable thing, you know? Yeah. So like, it doesn't matter what it, what it could be, but like you might feel disenfranchised and then find find a world that accepts you. It might be, you know, right. comic books or fucking playing Magic the Gathering or whatever. Like you, mm-hmm. your, your circle of people exists. So like, I think there's something nice about that. It's certainly nice to see Harry outgrow it to the point where he like yes. doesn't speak anymore. He makes his mom float away or whatever. <laughs> you know, you you know to that end, right? I wonder if Harry outgrew it because I remember when we saw there's a, another thing with Harry Potter that they have out now called Curse Child, and it's like Harry and all their lives after the fact, after the war, like 20, 30 years later, they have children, all that shit. And Harry is a terrible dad, right? And me and Will both like, yo, that doesn't really make sense. And then when I thought about it, it's like, nah, yeah, it kind of does, doesn't it? It kind of does. Vernon was a good dad, but Vernon was a good dad to Dudley. Terrible to Harry. Harry's a better person than Vernon, but just because you're a better person doesn't necessarily mean you have those cues that you know how to get the people, even your own children. Him and Jenny seem like they have the type of marriage where you would go, we want to have friends over, but let's... Let's call them. Let's call them. Let's call them and see how they do. We might not have them over in person. His life seems kind of miserable, though. You don't think Harry is, like, having a lot of trouble fighting off young, hot wizard pussy, dude? Come on. <laughs> Probably earlier on. I don't think as um, as we find him in his later years, no. Because I think he got – I think he wiped up too quick. Yeah, him and I, Jenny, I, wonder, I wonder if he'd be a good husband, bro. Like – like you said, you know, like a guy who was abandoned, like not intentionally, but I wonder, you know, yeah. like you said, he's probably not a good father for that reason, but also yeah. because he's a fucking celebrity. He's probably off giving talks and shit, stealing yeah. spotlight. Or he can't give the talk and it might bother him. Right. Because maybe nobody's asking. There's no dark wizards to fight anymore. That's it. Now you're just Harry Potter, Harry the family Lee. man. Totally. It's like you send your kids to school. Yeah, you send your kid to school because Harry has um what two sons and a daughter, Will, or two sons? Uh, yeah, just two sons. Just two sons, right? So now you're Harry Potter's kids. You're going to school. You resent them because that's all they ever talk about. Totally. As soon as they hear your last name, and then if you're Harry, it's like, well, look, all this hugging and how you doing, shit. I never had that. Nobody liked that with me. And then I've seen that with um like parents that never had that. Then when they try. They almost overdo it, and their kid is like, yo, let me breathe, (laughs) you know? So Harry's a weird case when it comes to stuff like that, but I think it all makes sense. I could also see Harry and Ginny, like, putting on a fake good front when the kids are home from Hogwarts, and then as soon as the kids go off to school, all of it just goes to shit. I could totally see that, too. And I think the other problem is just, like, Ginny's a fan. Ginny's not somebody who's ever going to push Harry to address this shit. And, and, uh, yeah, I think I think Harry married wrong. I think he married too young, but he also married wrong. I think it's both of them. Yo, if Harry anything like us, Harry probably hear this podcast go, man, get off my dick. <laughs> Tell me <laughs> how I'm married. What's the name of y'all podcast? Who hood? <laughs> Dude, can we also uh, talk about how the defense of the dark arts teacher is the worst position? Like, no one's ever lasted <laughs> more than a year there. It's like, listen, yeah. you, might, you can take this job, but, like, just so you know, like, there isn't a high tenure rate. 
Like you're probably- that shit. That shit is worse than comedy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and you know why it's like that, right? Your job is cursed. Right. That's the job is actually cursed. Voldemort put a curse on it. Dumbledore never broke that thing for some reason. Would you want to take the job? Because for me, I would I would say no, because everybody is either died, left maimed or embarrassed. Yeah. Lupin was probably the best defense against the dark arts teacher. And he got embarrassed. But and also fake. Sorry. We're- no, no. Yeah. The same thing with Quirrell. Um, yeah. But there is also like a correlation between the teachers that are good human beings. It even though they're gone after a year, like Lupin and, and Snape, I would say, like, it doesn't end as disastrously as it does, like, Quirrell, Barty Crouch Jr., uh, and Lockhart are all either dead or go crazy after right, a year, right, too. So, so I wonder if there's, like, a moral evaluation process in terms of the curse that's on it. Well, can I ask you a question? Fucking, I was, like, uh, thinking back on, you know, to prepare for this so I could have shit to talk about. I was kind of like reflecting on all the up on all the movies. Um, and like Snape has an interesting arc where you're like, he's bad and then he's good and he's bad again. And then he's good. Like, I still am confused about the ending. Like, why did he, why was he like working with Voldemort at the end? So, uh, so Snape's my favorite character. And uh, the idea is that Snape is spying on behalf of Dumbledore, even though even after Dumbledore dies. So he's like a double agent. He's getting information about the Death Eaters for the Order of the Phoenix. Um, like he, the Departed. Yeah, it is a lot like the Departed. It really is because you got Snape on the one side. He's kind of like, I guess, the Leo character. Um, okay. And then I, I guess... I, there's no really like Pettigrew's maybe the closest thing to a, he's not really a double agent though. Um, but yeah, it is a lot like the departed. Ah, well, how, tell me more. I'm sorry. We were, talk, I, we were talking about Snape's character arc. I was just like a little confused by the fact that he was just good and bad and good and bad. And he ended up being good and fucking, you know, that was just kind of like confusing. I was just trying to like compartmentalize it in my brain, but will kind of like fill me in again on how that ended up going and how, you know, Snape turned out to be like a double agent for the Order of the Phoenix at the end. See, will do that because he's a Snape fan and I will <laughs> not I will not let people run away from the fact that Snape is a trash human being because he started <laughs> he started the chain of events that made Harry Potter's story as sad as it was. He put Voldemort on to the fact that the prophecy was out. Right. And it's because he put Voldemort on to that that Lily got killed in the first place. Right. It just goes to show you. He hated Potter's dad. I guess he used to bully him. Yeah. Hated him. But he he wasn't wrong for that. He wasn't wrong for that. Because if you yeah, if you if you if you do me like the way they did Snape, you might want somebody hurt. But the fact that he then got to be the he got to be the hero and everybody looks at Snape like he's the best character in Harry Potter. Not one of a lot of people think he's the best. And it's like it's funny to me morally because look at who you appreciate. Knowing what you know, the way the camera's on somebody, the way the screen's on somebody can really change everything. So Snape's one of those characters that made me realize that a lot more. Because even even me, when we started the podcast, I'm a big Snape fan. I My first um, interaction with Harry Potter, I wanted to be like Professor Snape. Then looking back at it, it's like, Actually, I won't want to be anything like this guy. I would want the authority that the dude commanded, but that's where it stopped because I would never be able to live with myself. I knew the woman that I love. I'm the reason that she's dead. Then I'm also the reason that her son's going through whatever turmoil he's going through. That all comes back to you, man. If you put people in a situation, you're responsible for it. So for that reason, go ahead. But then you have to apologize. Well, then you have to really think about what it means to not be able to live with yourself. Do you think Snape was better off doing what he did, becoming a double agent, spending all of his energy trying to thwart Voldemort? Or should he he have just killed himself? Well, see, now here's the thing, right? Because I ain't going to tell anybody that ended up being seemingly more positive than negative that they should have just killed himself. I ain't going to say that, right? (laughs) (laughs) Should have just killed himself, dude. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Though I will say, I will say his presence and actions in certain parts of the story made the story the way that it is. 
So if he changes a little bit earlier, then you might not get the same story you get, but also Dumbledore, Voldemort might kill him, right? So if he stayed the exact same way that he was, he might kill everybody. So there might not be a lot of middle ground. I'm saying you don't get to be the hero after you do something like that. Okay. You don't get to be the reason I can't see my family and then I'm naming my kid after you. Right. You know, Harry, Harry's different for that. But me and Harry are two different people. Harry probably, well, first of all, I'm alive. But Harry is one of those people that he was taught, he was told to respect these people. And after finding out what he found out, he deemed it right to respect those people. I can't hold that against the kid. I just wouldn't do it. Fair, dude. Yeah. Hello, can I ask you guys another question? Well, actually, this is a comment and a question. So I forget Mm -hmm. which movie this happens in. But Harry Potter was like, was it kind of ahead of its time? And I know that this is a thing that had been that had been done in movies for years, whatever. But like once production value got really good, like they explore the sort of time travel thing really well. Like I feel like that time travel theme of like everything's happening at the same time is like very popular in like the last, you know, 15 years or whatever. Yeah. And that moment where po- where like Harry saves himself you remember that? What movie is yeah. that? Is that that's book that's three. the third that's the third that's one. Your Azkaban. Yep. Yes. Yeah. That's that's a crazy and a dope ass scene. And like literally think about like all the movies now that mm-hmm. deal with that kind of shit. You know, in yeah. all the maze tenant, interstellar, that show dark. Yeah. Like some of you guys watch that, just like so much good sci-fi. It's yeah. like Harry Potter like kicked off the kind of the golden era of sci-fi film, sorta. A hundred percent, dog. You you gotta remember how big and this is one of those things that I think is lost on people and it's probably the first thing I can see as an adult now that, you know, when when you're younger and people say, oh, time flies and people don't feel the same about things they once did. And you, you think, oh, shut up, that old wives tale shit. <laughs> nah, that's true. Because I remember when Twilight came out and people were acting like that and Harry Potter were equivalent. And I hate that. I hate when people do that shit. Don't tell me something is just as big as something else when you can mathematically see the difference. I'm like, Harry Potter was different, different. Well, it's like Pokemon and Digimon, right? It's like, remember people who had, who didn't care about Pokemon or Digimon acted like they were the same. And Mm -hmm. there's still Pikachu statues, like 50 foot Pikachu statues all over Japan. Yeah. Now imagine being, now imagine that, but with American energy. Yeah. You understand? I remember when the scholastic books were a thing and I didn't know what Harry Potter was or nor did I know what the word philosopher meant. But that book, <laughs> Philosopher's Stone, I would just see kids in my class, these big ass Bible books. And I'm like, you going to read all that shit? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, bro. It was that big, like a blimpy sandwich. And they were like, yeah, I'm, it's Harry Potter. And then I saw the movie on ABC and it's like, yo, this is different. I wanted to be in Hogwarts. I wanted that road, man. And you go to the movies and you see a line down the block. You go to the bookstore. They are around the corner. And that's back when Barnes, there used to be a Barnes Noble 86. And that shit was packed down the block and a yeah. half for the last book. And it, it was so crazy that it was like, okay, here's our regular line for people. Everybody want to buy that Harry Potter book? Y'all stay online and motherfuckers had tents and all this crazy shit. You you can't match that. And like you said, the thing with the time turner and the time travel stuff, it was the first movie that I know that dealt with that and finished it all in one like scene succinctly. Right. Is where other movies, it was like, oh, time travel's the thing. We'll travel back in time this movie, then travel back to where we're supposed to go in the next movie. Right. See, I agree. They kicked they kicked off a trend that um I don't know if it's slowed down since, but fantasy hasn't been as engaging, I don't think, since. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, the like because I, I I know that there was that show like Quantum Leap and shit. Like I don't remember I, I never watching that stuff, but like it was all the, the like really cool principles of physics and time travel and all that shit. It was kind of lost on the like terrible production value. You know, it's like, yeah, here's this guy traveling in time. And it was like really stupid and bad. You know, it's much mm-hmm. better with the special effects, dude. Like it just makes it way sicker. So it feels like since, 
like you know, like we're talking about, like with the Harry Potter movies, with like all the really great fantasy animation and all the special effects and all that shit. Like all of those concepts have become much mm-hmm. more interesting to flush out. Now imagine being an actor in that, right? Because when you're a Harry Potter, it looks a lot cooler to us on screen. Dog, they don't have none of those when they're doing it. I know. That's very different. Like, do you think y'all, like, you know, y'all, y'all are actors and comedians. Do you think you'd be able to pull something like that off? I'll tell you right now, I can't. I can't. <laughs> C C C A N exclamation okay. point exclamation point exclamation point. I was made to be that kid. Like, if you want to just do something hilarious, write a movie. <laughs> and audition me for a part like that. Watch how I show up. What, I ain't got to get the part, but I'm telling you, it'll be the best audition I have. No <laughs> doubt about it. Yeah, I've done it before. What? I did yeah, a, have you? I did a commercial for Sony that was just completely, mm-hmm. uh, I'll send it to you, it's cool. It, it's Please. Com- completely like, what? what's the word I'm looking for? But it was all animation. So it was just, mm-hmm. a, it was just a giant green screen, man. And wow. honestly, it's like up to the, it's like the director really is so helpful. Cause like, uh, you know, you're looking at this fucking army running at you, right? The yep. director should be like, all right, dude, like it's an army. Okay. Like you're not selling the film. <laughs> like this isn't just a bunch of guys. Like, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Yeah. So I think you, I, I don't think it's, it's that necessarily that, that difficult, but I, I imagine it might be like grueling and tedious as the actor to do that for 18 months. You know what I mean? Just shooting and fucking, yeah. however long they did it for they're probably less than that but showing up every you're, day with the green screen and all that stuff yeah you're maggie you're dame maggie smith and you you're like i, I don't know how um young the, the woman is but you're at the age that she's at and they got you like twiddle, twiddling wands and whatnot and you're like yeah. yo bro i'm yeah you're right you know what i'm saying the guy that played dumbledore and all that but it's like yo i would want to do nothing else yeah. I will want to do nothing else to go pretend I'm one of these things and get a couple million dollars. Right. No, that was very charming of you, bro. I don't know how young she is. Look at you. Look at you. you. Know. Yeah. He doesn't know if he has a shot with her either. So he doesn't want to. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, you know what I mean? You, you never want to disrespect the lady. Dame Maggie, if you ever hear this, you know, let me take you out. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know. Yeah, I, I think I could green screen act uh, depending on the tone. Like I could do it in like a yeah. comedy sense or, you know, like a, you know, like an action movie. But yeah. doing it in Harry Potter, it's interesting because it's like an action series. But there are moments of like real drama and nuance and stuff. And it's got to like that's got to be a weird thing. Like when Harry has the scene where him and Dumbledore are leaving that Horcrux Island place with like the zombies and stuff to do that scene. And like those facial expressions with just a green screen behind you, that's kind of impressive to me. Totally. Yeah, man. hundred percent. That, that, that's the type of stuff where people give Daniel Radcliffe and they give the kids a lot of negative press for the actors that they were. And it's like, this was their first job. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Harry Potter was their first job. So what you see on that screen is all of the skill that they have every time you see them. So if they've only been acting, I think Hermione, what, stumbled onto that? Now nah, I don't want to, you know, disrespect Queen, but like, I think Emma Watson stumbled on that gig. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't one of those things like, oh, I always wanted to be like, ah, let's yeah. give this a shot. Right. Same with um Daniel Radcliffe or something like that. So if that's mm-hmm. the case, I think we should pull, cut them a little slack, especially when you find out that Danny Radcliffe is getting drunk at like 15 with um, <laughs> Sirius Black. Gary yeah. Oldman, yeah. <laughs> really? Shots. Yeah. yeah. Bro, go back and watch, uh, what movie was it? Book three. Movie, movie three, yeah. Go back, back and watch Prisoner of Azkaban and watch how he couldn't choke Sirius when he grabbed him. <laughs> <laughs> Gary turned up. He's blaming and, it on the Dementors. He's like, there are too many Dementors. I couldn't walk straight. And then the director goes, cut, cut. All right, everyone, back to one. Um, Daniel, Daniel, come here, come here. Um, could you take the nip bottles out of your pocket? They're kind of being picked up by the microphone. Thank you. <laughs> that boy was gone. Man. And I didn't, you can't, you don't really notice it either until you read about it. Then you look at certain scenes like, oh, yeah, that nigga, I, like, if you drink, you know, sometimes your eyes get just glass over and like one eye will just go <laughs> off on its own and then it'll reset periodically. 
watch this watch that scene when they're waiting for Hagrid's um, bird to get killed and they're at the pumpkins. Harry is visibly drunk, bro. Motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> is standing there like, if I unhand this pumpkin, I'm gonna fall over and I might spit up. <laughs> so gut the kids more slack as far as the Harry Potter universe is concerned. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm looking at the time and we're coming close to wrapping up this episode of the Potterhood Podcast. But before we do that, Will, what's our last couple things, bro? Do you want a topic or a sorting? Let's do both. Let's okay. do both. Uh the last, well, I had a question for you. Since you're scared of heights, how mm. would you feel about port keys? And just in general, how do we feel about port key travel compared to, like, how does that, is that something that you would consider or not really? So for me, I'm, de- I'm definitely afraid of heights and I don't necessarily like um, the f- sensation of falling. But from what I've seen with port keys, that they get you to where you got to go pretty quick. And I think they land you on the ground for the most part. I don't know if what happened with, um, you know, with the kids when they went to the Quidditch Cup. I don't know if that's usually how it goes. If it is, it's a little jarring. But of course I try it. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm one of those people. I, of course, I don't like heights, Doug, but I, I like a decently high roller coaster. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I like I like some thrill. I don't like over thrill. Yeah. Over thrill would give me a heart attack. So I like port keys, but just keep mine on the ground. None of that flying through the air. Shit you got a, a low flying port key. You're just holding a shoe a foot above the ground. <laughs> yeah. Or, ju- or just get me to where I got to go on my feet. That's all. Flu powder. I like flu powder. I like if you may have to get your clothes ashy and um, apparating would probably be my thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm, I'm, I'm down, dude. You know, whatever. That, it seems... <laughs> There's magic behind it. I, you know, mm-hmm. as long as you just fucking keep your hands inside the vehicle, you should be good to go. <laughs> Fair. How about you, Will? I think that, uh, so the benefit with porkies is that kids can use them, where it's, and kids can use flu powder too, but kids can't apparate. But for yeah. me, uh, the other way that people were getting their kids to the Quidditch World Cup was like minivan brooms. And I think that's what I would want because it's like a five person broom. You dead. But you, you can are pull a it over. Real dad. You can be in control, whatever, with the with the <laughs> minivan broom. If you yeah. had a porky, you just have to go from point A to point B. Minivan broom, we can stop, we can get food, go for a hike. Minivan hippograph broom. watching. That's what I'm about. Minivan brooms. Minivan broom. That that's the that's the episode. That's the title. Okay, Max. Okay. Minivan broom. Just because. How dare we how dare we title this anything else? <laughs> All right. Max, you got any thoughts on that? I would definitely do um, the port key. It seems just quick and. Uh, uh, Probably made port key sound like drugs, man. I would definitely. <laughs> oh, man, I, I would do I a would port key on drugs. Oh, I would for sure take some <laughs> take some mushrooms and do a port key. Like I if do I don't have my kid, oh yeah, just fly over the horizon on mushrooms, holding an old frisbee. That sounds phenomenal. Nah, fuck that. <laughs> I think I'm the Frisbee dog. No way. (laughs) This is too intense. Whatever that visual effect is, no, (laughs) sir. Yeah, that'll cause me a seizure. Yeah, I'm saying I'm good. Foaming at the mouth over the Quidditch World Cup. Not me. (laughs) Nah. All right. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we've made it. We've made it to our final sorting of this episode. So, Will, what person place what thing do you have for us to put in the hogwarts house man so today is also dr dre's birthday and we are sorting dr dre i'm sorting his aneurysm into the hospital (laughs) (laughs) there you go (laughs) um i'm putting dr dre in i dr dre is a rough one right because there's so many houses that kind of can be associated with them. First of all, Slytherin, just because obviously if Slytherin is the place where, you know, people network and all that's, that's been Dre's whole thing, bro. Every, everything about Dre is almost who's he, who he's associated with and who's associated with him. Eminem, Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre, Sugar Knight, Dr. Dre, Easy, Death Row, all that shit. So hard case for Slytherin. 
people can say that he's brave in in his art form, definitely. In his art form, definitely. However, there's some shit that he's into in his personal life that's the exact opposite of brave, in my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. So because of that, it's those two things pulling at me. Cause it's like the the things about him that I don't like are things that I just don't like. I don't like in general. You know what I'm saying? Some places he, where he puts his um hands, his beats don't always end in music. But <laughs> so for that reason, I'm gonna put him in Slytherin, and I'm gonna put him in Slytherin. But like that, he's the Death Eater that people like. You know what I'm saying? He's the Death Eater that people like. So um, yeah, Slytherin. Okay. I think that that's an interesting, like, it's an interesting conundrum with him. Is he the person trying to get close to those other people or are they all trying to get close to him? And uh, are you, ask, you asking or you? Well, yeah, sure. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think it's a combination of both. Maybe when he started, they were trying, he was trying to get close to them, but now mostly everybody's trying to get close to him. I don't know that that, um, yeah, he, he's a weird one, bro. Go ahead. Yeah, so to me, his his like musical genius is the thing that I I look at about him. And then in terms of his his uh less flattering qualities, I think that there's like a uh I think that there's like a product of environment aspect to it. Like, you know nah, I don't wanna hear that shit. I know too many people from that environment that they uppercut in the lady. Yeah, but allegedly. Okay. No, no, for sure he did. I mean, for, oh, it's not mind. even a legend. Uh, but on the flip side of that, you go this nigga beating you, and then he got music out. Yo, fuck I mean, off. Bro. This is this is the whole Snape dynamic again. It's like if you fuck up in a huge way, but make yeah. an effort to fix it, then where does that leave you? Um, right. But yeah, for me, regardless of how good or bad a person he is, the like musical genius outweighs the networking. So I would go Ravenclaw for him. Okay, yeah, look, man, in in his field, definitely, I'm I'm with you on that. In his field, hundred percent. I Ravenclaw too because I just would like to hear him rap with the word Ravenclaw. <laughs> it ain't Ravenclaw. Sounds Love like it. it's it's good for uh, for some bars. So there you go. Love it. Hold on now. I'm okay. Max. Yeah, I, um, I definitely think I'm going Slytherin. I think because uh, it's God. just every every way you look at everyone along the way. And then even most recently, it's like out of all the people to work with, it's like Kendrick. It's just Kendrick. like you're like you're you know what you're doing with like who you're who you're connecting yourself with. Yeah. And drop B-Tox already. Shit. <laughs> It's been enough. It's been enough time. Drop detox. And ladies and gentlemen, just like that, it's been another two quick hour of the Potterhood podcast. So everybody, let's do the plugs. Max, where can they find you? They can find me on all social media at Max Marcus Comedy and check out my podcast, The Max Cast. Yes, indeed. Our guest. Julio Gatorati. Brother, thank you so much for coming on. You had a good time? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, Not Julio is my Instagram and all of my uh, social media stuff. Um, check out my podcast, Oops the Podcast. Also, have another podcast called Pack Light, which is about uh, travel. And, uh, Dope. So that's it. Yeah, yes, thanks. indeed. Make sure y'all check out the Oops Podcast and y'all check out Pack's Light. Julio is hilarious and the man went across the country in um in the middle of everything going on, right? Went from one side to another, right? For uh, essentially, yeah. For Packlight, yeah. like, what's like a city or location you did that would be like a good first episode for people? Um, that's a good, that's actually a really good question. I think that starting from the beginning is fine. You know, the first episode just kind of like getting the gist of what the of what it is, um, mm -hmm. because it's kind of like the backstory and sort of the beginning of the trip. But I guess if you want to jump and and kind of experience some stuff, there's a, a funny story about when I was in Colorado when I started a fire by accident. Uh, that's a good one. <laughs> I don't know what episode it is, but it says Colorado in the title. So Cool. Got you. Ladies and gentlemen, y'all make sure y'all check that out. Follow Julio at everything at not Julio. 
and Will. Buddy, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Will Posnan, and you can go to our TikTok page at the Potterhood underscore. And we got some stand-up clips and some more content coming soon. There you go. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Instagram at Nico White93. That is at N-E-K-O-W-H-I-T-E-9-3 on Instagram. I have a new comedy special out called Dark Out, D-A-R-K-O-U-T. It's an hour stand-up with me in front of a Frank Sinatra-style microphone. Watch it. Let me know what you think. Have a laugh and all that shit. I have an album out called Marcellus, M-A-R-S-C-E-L-L-U-S, that you can check out on iTunes, Apple Music, Music and anywhere comedy can be listened to. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 44 of the Potterhood Podcast. Now then, Will, on three. One, two, three. Mischief, Mischief managed. managed.